1: Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. I am joined this week by matchmaker Crusula. Matchmaker Kursula. Hey Everyone, I just want to share my excitement. We have a retreat coming up. It's in Greece. It's in it's on the island of Theros. It's next month and uh we are also oh excited and if you want to attend a future one, uh you know, certainly uh keep following Contact this us. podcast. <laughs> and um we we will be announcing the dates for next year's um retreat in Greece. Uh I think in September. Um but we you know at the start of season 3 of Ask a Matchmaker, that's when we'll kick it off. But we also have another retreat happening that is open and that is our retreat in Tulum, Mexico. So if you want to learn about our upcoming retreats, go to agapiescapes.com. There will
0: be a link in the show notes. Yeah, super exciting. There's the one that was coming up in Paros, which is just a few weeks away. Can you believe it? And the one in Tulum, Mexico, Ooh, that one's going to be exciting too. And the Tulum, Mexico,
1: yeah. And the Tulum, Mexico, that's actually an agape intensive in real life. So for anyone who's ever wanted to do agape intensive and you don't want to do the virtual one that happens every month, you have the option of doing in real life in Tulum, Mexico, November 4th to the 7th. Uh, again, agapeescapes.com. The sh- the link is in the show notes. All right, let's take our first question.
2: Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you? I guess I'm a little nervous. So I met this dude, and we had three dates. First kiss, and this is after like I just um, I have an Invisalign in, so I never made out with my Invisalign before. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't great. I didn't know how to move with it in. It's kind of clunky. And so after that night on my way home, he called to like, say like, Hey, that says a lot. Um, I don't think we have chemistry. This isn't working out. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like no problem. I didn't really bother explaining like, Oh, I couldn't figure out how to kiss with my invisalign anyways. So I just let it go. And then that was like at midnight he called. And then around 6am he, he called me, he woke me up and was like, hey, I acted too rationally, like, rashly. I didn't mean that, um, he's going away for a trip, so he's like, let's, you know, take some time apart, and then reconnect when I'm back, like, let's not communicate during that, and I'm like, okay, like, whatever, I didn't really plan to pursue, because it doesn't seem like he's patient, and then he's been texting me on his trip still, so he's away, and he said, like, let's not talk, so I'm not really communicating much, but, I don't really know like is this just games is he just playing games it's it's like a lot of I don't even think this guy knows what he wants I don't know it's a lot of
0: playing games and not playing games it's a lot of uncertainty what does he want he tells you don't don't talk to me I think what he's saying is don't message me so you're not the first one messaging him so he doesn't have that but it's okay for you to message for him to message you and then um I don't know, I, I'm more inclined to be like, hey, I'm getting a lot of mixed signals from you. You're telling me um, that you don't want to uh, see me again, but then you you call me to tell me you're acting, you know, you, you thought about it, it's irrational the way you thought about it. And then you told me you're going away and I'm not to talk to you. And now you are constantly talking to me. And it's like, um, I, I'm really unsure what it is that you want from me. I don't know, Maria. Um, it's a lot of mixed signals though. And what it does, it's causing you anxiety because you're like, wait, what do you want? You know?
2: Well, I'm also talking to other people, too. And I wasn't like, oh, yeah, this is it. I don't really reach out to him first anyways. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that's fine. We don't have to talk while you're away. I don't want to talk while you're away anyways because you're away.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, if you had dated beforehand and they left, um, it's up to the person who's leaving to set the expectations of like what the communication is going to be like from them because they're the ones leaving. So I always leave it to their responsibility. And, but you only went on one date and I'm, I'm actually kind of stuck on the fact that he called you at 6am.
2: Three physical dates and then two phone calls based on your
1: math. Oh, so I see. Okay. So you've had more dates and then he called. So he felt the comfort of calling you that early then, because there's already an established relationship. Okay. Um, wow. Well, that changes everything that I was thinking about. Someone uh, I was speaking to today, um, a colleague of mine, he told me that I should ask people more often, you know, what kind of relationship do you envision being in? And if you close your eyes for a second and think about you know, the kind of person that I would like to spend my life with, right? What do, what does it look like? What do they look like? Not necessarily physically, but like, what do they do in their day? Um, How do you spend the weekends together? Where do you live? And then also, like, how do you feel when you're around them? And I guess in in asking those questions about who you think your future partner is going to be like, does this person resemble that person? Do you, do you think you would feel the way you want to feel in a long-term relationship? Do you think you would feel that way with this person based on how he has been treating you in your first few dates? Because I see a lot of uncertainty. I see a lot of back and forth. And, you know, and and I'm, I'm just kind of thinking to myself, like, how do we make this, how do you go forward from here? Um, I think it's great that he was the one that told you, like, you know, I'm leaving. So like, let's not, you know, he's the one that set the expectations, but I didn't realize you had gone on so many dates so far. Like, like the fact that you've been on three dates, why should you not communicate with someone anyway? Like, why wouldn't you communicate with someone when they're away? Because they're going to come back anyway. So the fact that he said that, and then now he's still communicating with you. I think there is a sense of confusion. But it goes back to like, you know, are you talking to him because you genuinely want to date him or are you currently talking to him because he is available?
2: I'm trying to get to know him. I don't know if I actually want to date him, but, you know, three dates is not that long. I'm also dating other people. So he was just part of it. And like I was trying to get to know him and I thought he was great. It was genuinely something I could see myself like in. But now it's like, do you have enough patience? Because everyone needs patience. You made a really fast decision within like ten minutes of something, and then took it back within like six hours of it. So that's where it's kind of like, should I? I don't know. I guess, throw it away. I I would say uh, we just gotta. I would say
0: my first instinct is to give people more grace, uh, because sometimes. You're meeting somebody. You become a little bit more intimate because you did create. You had all these dates beforehand. You created rapport. And you finally made out. And um, uh, you know, if you do see him again, you, I would say mention the invisalign if it's something that uh, you could, uh, you know, makes you feel better. Like, hey, this is not, you know, this was in the way. But so, you know, other than that, don't don't haven't you been in situations where? Uh, you say something, you know, or you don't know if you mean it or not, then you, you wish you could go back and take it. You're like, well, now I said it and there's no going back. Uh, so I think in this way, maybe we give people more grace. Maybe we say, okay, you know, he said he doesn't want to talk, but he's reaching out. Maybe he does want to just communicate and continue that momentum that you had for all the dates that you've been on, how many times you've already seen each other and talked. So um I I feel like he's confusing her. That's what I mean. Like Like, Like, I would tell if I were, if if I would say, Hey, I, if you've really enjoyed it, I've enjoyed getting to know you. Uh, You're confusing me though. There's a lot of mixed signals here. What is, you know, I, I think I'd like to get to see, I think I'd like to see you again, but you're giving me really weird vibes and I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. I don't know. That's what I would say. If, Cause it really is confusing you. So why not say it?
2: I tend to give too many um, chances. So I try not to now, but it sounds like maybe one is normal. Maybe. Wait, look at, no,
1: hold on. I'm, I just disagree with Crisola on this. I think your instinct and your gut here is correct. And I think that this person knows that they are reactionary and you have to decide how you want that in your life. I don't think you need to pull out the confused card. I think he knows he's confusing you. The problem is that he's probably acting from like an avoidance perspective. So he forgets the the itty gritty and that can pull, I don't know if you're a secure person, but that can certainly pull anyone into an anxious territory that they don't want to be in. And if that's not something you want to be in, um, I think it's perfectly okay to like, let them go.
2: Okay. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank
1: you for calling in. Welcome to the Ask A Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you?
3: So I think my question is about when you feel like you're in a situation where you're struggling to connect with people. Uh So I'd say that in the sense that I've had periods where I'd go on quite a few dates, meet Mm -hmm. people, people I think are lovely um, and really feel like I'm struggling to connect with them. And then I'd then be like, I'd back off and not go on so many dates, maybe just need time off from dating etc and then go back to dating and again and it just feels like it's the same cycle and I think partially maybe I've got a complicating factor in the sense that I'm religious so I'm Muslim so I date Muslims non-Muslims and I know it's something you've covered before in your podcast and I've listened to it but then I feel like I'm not so sure where I stand on having to date or not to date a Muslim so then it complicates how then I then view other people And then it then means that I really struggle to connect whether the person's Muslim, non-Muslim. Yeah, I'm just, I feel like I'm struggling to connect with people at the moment. And I don't know the kind of way to overcome that.
1: I think, um, okay, let me ask you a really quick question. Do you want to have kids one day?
3: For sure. So I'm 27 now and I've always seen myself as a young dad.
1: You see yourself being a dad. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Do you see yourself raising your children Muslim? Yes. Okay. So, I think in this then, the approach to me has always been like if you envision yourself raising someone in a particular religion. And especially as a man because I think I don't look, I don't have a study here, I'm just going to tell you from personal experience. I've always noticed that if it's like a woman, um it's her religion, 9 out of 10 times that kid is going to be raised the woman's religion. Yeah. That's just something that I've noticed. I could be completely wrong. I'm sure there's maybe a study, I don't know, but I'm to me, it's like, what is the path of least risk? And in my mind, it's like, if you want to raise your children Muslim, then you should, as a man, you should date women who are, who identify as Muslim. The people that are open to dating you, um, as a Muslim might assume you might want to, you know, anytime you date someone, you might assume, oh, maybe they have, you know, they wanna raise their kids Muslim or Christian or whatever religion they are, right? And I think if someone is reaching out to you that's not Muslim, I think that that conversation about, you know, when someone asks you, well, how important is your religion to you? I think that is when you do say, you know, even even if you're more spiritual than you are religious, you could say, you know, I'm more spiritual than religious, but I do intend to raise my children this particular religion. And that is going to self-select the kind of people that are open to that, right? So, if you are online dating, you should absolutely put Muslim. Um, if you are, if the online dating site allows you to show you like what level of, you know, what what level of involvement you are in your religious affiliation, you should absolutely put down that you are somewhat serious or mostly serious. Um, if you look at any niche dating apps, like I know MuzMatch is a niche dating uh, app for people that, um, are in, you know, are practicing Muslims, um, or even non-practicing. Um, so there's, there's definitely many options here that you can take, but you know, if I were your sister, I would tell you to focus more on women who identify as Muslim. And then if any women come to me that are not Muslim, I would tell them, quicklier, quicker when it comes up, right? It, it always comes up in the first two dates. Oh, you're this, how, how important is that to you? Do you go to, do you go to temp, uh, mosque? And then you say, oh, I don't really go to mosque, but you know, I do intend to raise my children Muslim one day. It's like, oh, okay. He wants to have kids and he wants to raise Muslim. That's important to him. That's a thing. That's so, you know, I'm making some assumptions here without, I'm trying to make it more generic here for you in case, cause I don't know what, what level of involvement you are. All I know is that you want to raise your kids Muslim, the path okay. of least risk, is to date women who are already identifying Muslim or open to raising their kids Muslim.
3: I think the trouble that I find um, right. is culture. So obviously religion culture can be quite blended. Culturally, okay. I'm white. So I obviously, I presume you can hear from my accent, I'm English. So culture, I'm quite English in the sense that most of my friends are a mix of religions, cultures, etc. So the people I come across, the people I interact with, the people I like doing things with, don't tend to be Muslim or quite liberal in the same way I feel like I am. So then when I then interact with, let's say, my friends and their girlfriends and their mates, et cetera, I don't come across Muslims like that. And then when I then try and date Muslim, then they tend to be a lot more kind of orthodox than I am. So then I then feel a bit like, whoa, it's too intense for me. Uh,
0: well, I had a question, you know, um, you know, you know, I feel like one of the women that we had in one of our boot camps, Maria, like last couple months, was in exactly the same boat, Muslim oriented. I think I want to raise my children Muslim, but I am super progressive. I'm way more liberal than the people that I'm meeting in my community. And I'm just not meeting the people that I want to meet. I'm not connecting because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a drinker. They're not, or they frown on that or whatever, you know? And so I don't know if this is possible where you are, but one thing I know Maria would recommend to do is to, is uh, maybe you've already done this, but is there an organization, a club that is for progressive Muslims in your area?
3: Have you looked? I wouldn't even begin to not to kind of talk. So
0: if you, yeah, if you start to Google, start Mm. to, you know, you start to look into progressive Muslim groups that it could be a basketball group it could be a tennis club but it's made up of you know and i'm thinking about it because you know we're greek american and we had all this stuff happening in our own communities basketball volleyball whatever but what if it wasn't connected to the church what if it wasn't connected to the mosque and it was just a group of people that are just like me and through there i'm meeting more people and i'm expanding yeah. my circle i'm expanding my network it, with it, like-minded it, people
1: and and to kind of piggyback off what of was saying is like instead of joining a club like can you identify right now two or three friends who are like you?
3: I guess my my friendship group is in the sense that there's Muslims, where they like drink and they whatever. So then they're quite liberal in the sense. So but you then- need
1: to host a friend of a friend party this summer. That's where everyone has to bring two people that are yeah. in their own personal circles that you've never met. Like you need to make your own thing. I also want to mention that there's this other app um, called Salams. Have you ever heard of it?
3: I've, yeah.
1: Have you? So that's like, I think they cater to like prog- people that are progressive and Muslim, uh, like more liberal. Not I don't mean politically. I mean like what you just said, like drink alcohol, whatever. <laughs> um, so I think you should also check out that app, but you know, I think, I think you're in the place where you got to host those friend of a friend parties at Hyde park or wherever. And, uh, do you live in London? Yeah, I do. Okay. So, um, you know, kind of bringing it like, you know, start turning through your own circle into their own, to their circles.
3: I think the difficulty I'm facing, especially, so even if I look at like my own siblings, like I have a mm-hmm. brother, like a couple years, or three, three years younger than me, and he's a lot more kind of strict than I am. I'm quite liberal compared to him. My friends who are similar kind of like liberal, liberality as me, none of their girlfriends are Muslims. And so then I feel like I'm the one pushing for the, I kind of want to be with a Muslim, um, because I think maybe that would be kind of the direction I want my life to go in terms of children. But then even if I look around my friendship group, no one else is with a Muslim.
1: You know, it kind of, you kind of reminds me of my husband here, right? If you look at okay. his five Greek friends, um, mm. none of them married a Greek woman, not that he was looking, um, but none of, but you know, uh, one of them, uh, married someone who's, um, from Ohio, let's say like American, um, um, another one married a Japanese woman, someone else married a Korean woman. Um, so, you know, certainly a lot of diversity in my husband's friend group, right. That doesn't take away that he, you know, just because other people are doing other things, it doesn't take away from, you know, your own intentions. And I think, you know, I said in the previous, um, answer to the woman, it's like that asked the question, um, you know, I asked her, you know, what do you feel like? What does it feel like to be in the future, in the relationship of your dreams? And you'll see that that feeling most likely is not rooted on them sharing the same faith as you. So if we took away, if you put yourselves in scenarios where you're meeting more people of the group you want to date, I know that I'm saying this very simplistically and there's so much nuance based on your geography and your friend group. And I acknowledge that, right? I'm just thinking about how like I feel like you have this very scarcity mindset right now. Well, all of my friends, they're dating non-Muslims and I, you know, I want this and there's none of this. And it's like, no, 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 you take a step back from this. You know, if you belong to a, a religion that did not have a lot of people, I would say, you know, right there with you, maybe you need to open up your, maybe open up your circle, but you belong to one of the world's biggest religions. And there are many, many women that are, um, "Quote unquote progressive," uh, in in your religion, I think it's about putting yourself in scenarios where you meet those women, and and one of those things is also you know even your friends that are um, dating women that are not Muslim tell them, I would tell them like, Hey, I want to meet someone who I, I'm i ready to date someone. I want to have children. I want to raise them in my faith. If you have any friends to introduce me to, because here's the thing, right? Maybe you do meet someone who is not Muslim, but she wants, she has no problem. She doesn't have a faith and she wants to adopt your faith. Like there's all these possibilities. You just have to find this way of like thinking of like an abundance. Like there are people for me. Hello. I belong to one of the world's biggest religions. Of course, there are women for me. And even if there aren't women of, my faith. There are women who want to spend their life with me and and value the relationship I have with my faith in raising my children in this faith. I think you have to believe this yourself before pursuing it.
3: I think the only small thing then to that is I feel, because I've had relationship before where I was with a non-Muslim, and I feel like I don't know whether I'm naive in thinking that someone who isn't the same faith as me could potentially adopt kind of the practice of my faith enough to help me raise or raise Muslim children together I don't know whether that's naive of me thinking that and then I should just like shut my mind to those people and just be like I have to be the Muslim but why
1: not have that conversation on a first date or a second date like I think so much of dating is also being vulnerable and you can say this like you know I'm open to dating people that are not Muslim like what you just said I think is perfectly acceptable thing to say in the first few dates of meeting someone right if I'm enjoying you here is something that I think about here's something that I'm scared of this is something that really important to me. And then they get to decide, wow, you know, he has such a strong relationship with his faith. That is amazing. Right. That's incredible. Or they could say, yeah, I acknowledge his faith. That's nice. I don't want it for me. And then they get to make a choose of leaving. At least you're coming out with your open cards though. And I don't know if there's room for compromise, right? It's really hard. You know, it's really hard sometimes to date interfaithly. I'm not going to pretend that it's easy. But there's a lot of people who also don't care. Mm. And I think that's kind of what we're looking for here, right? We're either looking for someone who shares your faith or someone who just does not care, happy to adopt. I value what you value. But the only way you're going to discover that is by talking about it, not hiding it.
3: No, it's true. And I think that's something I'm trying to see more of. You're right, thank you.
1: You're going to have to have a friend of a friend party and tell us all about it. And and if any women are progressively Muslim and want to date a good-looking guy that lives in <laughs> London, um, you know, i don't know dm me or something i, I don't know just we'll make, i we'll
4: just make partied action. all weekend with women who are of muslim faith and very successful gorgeous like just put it out in the universe i will send you their name <laughs> i love it
1: that's someone else I, in the call that's not me or Crisula. that was someone else chiming in <laughs> i love that we have this i got you in, in the hotline today that's <laughs> awesome Thanks for uh, it. Thank you so much for calling in. And Crisula. I know you've got to go. Thank you so much for joining me on Ask a Matchmaker this week.
0: Thanks for having me. I, I want to do it again. You got Bye it. Everyone, take care.
1: Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker hotline. This is Matchmaker Maria, and I am here to answer your dating and relationship questions. Before we go forward, of course, reminder, we have a few retreats happening. So I have one coming up next week in Greece. Uh, I'm so excited to meet with uh, the people had signed up to join that retreat. It's going to be so much fun. And if you want to join me on a future retreat, check out agapiescapes.com. We have an upcoming retreat in Tulum, Mexico, November 4th to the 7th. If you'd also like to learn about any of my other services, matchmaking, coaching, you can check out agapimatch.com and learn more there. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can I help you? I have a question.
4: I'm based in New York City. I am was in Austin this weekend and I set my Hinge profile to Austin and the response rate has been awesome. (laughs) Um, So what do you think I should tell men now that I'm back in New York um, about where I'm based at?
1: What did you say in your profile? Did you say you were based in Austin when you were there? Mm -hmm. Because you have to, you have to change the, the pin. Are you open to dating someone who lives in Austin? It's a pretty expensive, long-distance relationship.
4: It's an expensive one, but um, I'd be open to it. Yeah, plenty of people in Austin. Uh, maybe like a snowbird situation.
1: You Was look there... really young to be thinking about snowbird situations. You,
4: I, I, yeah. Well, you know, if you can live live anywhere, why not?
1: Okay, I, I'm asking you questions that someone's going to ask you online when you tell them that you live in New York. Yeah. You have to learn how to answer those questions like now. So mm-hmm. when someone asks you like, oh, you live in New York. When is the, here's the question. When is the next time you're going to be in Austin? Because mm-hmm. you're the one that put Austin and they swiped yeah. because of Austin. So now it's on you to have to go on the dates there. Yeah, you did, the- you did the bait and switch here.
4: I did do the bait and
1: switch. So are you planning on going to Austin again, like next week?
4: Not next week. I just got back yesterday.
1: Um... Yeah, you date. You should If you're messaging someone, you should... Um, uh, you should be able to date in the next 10 days.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I'm answering your question, which is that you got very excited about being in a different city because mm-hmm. you got a really good swipe rate, which is awesome. Yeah. But it's very far away. It's not Philadelphia. It's not Boston. Austin is a flight. It is a yeah, choice. Flight. Right. So I think, you know, you could say to these people, like a nice message to people. who've swiped, like, you know, I happened to just <laughs> change my location. I was in Austin last week. I don't know how you feel about long distance relationships. I know they're really tough. Um, I don't intend to move to Austin. So if you are open to talking to someone who lives in New York and meeting up next week, certainly happy to chat, like put your cards out there, but then yeah. I am kind of hone in on that. You had a really good success in Austin. So I'm wondering where in New York do you live? Brooklyn. Where? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. So why do you, could you open up your, um, your staff, you know, your geography to like people that live on Long Island, Connecticut, New Jersey? I could, but I'm curious why that's a recommendation. Because sometimes I think people feel like, oh, I had such a good swipe rate where I was. But we don't ever mm-hmm. consider that our own geography might be working not in our best interest for what we're looking for either, right? Right now, living in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens is a very tough place to live. Not from a necessarily a security standpoint, but from even a financial standpoint, right? Like a lot of people are currently become very transient, not because of the pandemic, but of post-pandemic stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. plans are going up. There's just a lot of like, a lot less, I don't want to say stability, but I don't know what other word to put in there, right? And... I think people are way more open-minded than they were before. I will certainly acknowledge that, right? But it's also very, just just a tough time. And there are people that are more settled that live outside of the city that maybe commute into the city. Mm -hmm. And so if you're open to dating someone in Austin, I'm just wondering like, ooh, I wonder what it would look like if she changed her location to like Hoboken or Jersey City um, and started to meet people that lived on that side of the river. Or if you change your location to like, you know, Garden City and start to meet people that lived in Long Island, or if you change it to Bridgehampton and start to meet people that lived in the Hamptons, or if you change it to, mm-hmm. you know, like start changing it to like more niche cities that are around you. And, you know, you could say so, and only if this is true, you could say, you know, I've always, I've always been open to dating in New Jersey. And I feel like, you know, If you put New Jersey, I mean, or if I was open to dating people on Long Island. And I feel like sometimes when I put New York, it scares people, but I just want to put it out there that I'm totally open to dating people that live outside of my five mile radius. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like that's a better approach if we're going to start doing long distance than hopping on a plane. So baby steps. Yes, small baby steps. I think you can do it. There's a lot of really great guys outside of the city or you can just keep it in Brooklyn have just one app that moves around. I don't know. Thank you for your question though. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker Hotline Edition. If you'd like to be on an upcoming hotline episode, all you got to do is follow me on Instagram. I put the links up there usually every other week, and then we hop on a Zoom and I answer your dating and relationship questions. Until next time, be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week.